Coming up on today's show, PlayStation Showcase unveiled several new games, including Spider-Man 2, Wolverine, and we finally got to see God of War Ragnarok. And welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games Podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Christine Steimer. Oh, hello. And Miss Brittany Brombacher. Oh, hello. We're glad that you guys are joining us for the show today. So we decided to tape on Thursday so we could include that fantastic PlayStation Showcase. And boy, oh boy, are we glad that we did. Yes. But it does mean that we're going to have a little bit of a speedy show for you today. Indeed. Since we have to, you know, edit the show and get it all uploaded for you. So let's not waste time. Let's get right into it. Thank you to this month's Patreon producers, Chewy's Godson, Alex Rogopoulos, Ferris Atia, Justin Foshi, Matthew Goldatter, Punctified, and Trevor Starkey. As Brittany has mentioned on patreon.com slash what's good games and as we have said in the Facebook group and on Patreon or excuse me on Twitter and on Discord, we're still working out the billing issues from August. Once again, if you need a refund, you need to please send us a message. You can either do that directly through Patreon or you can, of course, email us at contact at what's good and we will do our best to get you squared away. Speaking of Patreon, welcome to our Patreon community. Caitlin Michelle, Pierre Young, Jim D, and Anthony Hinn. And as a reminder, we have just a couple more days for divine patrons to give me their answers for their t-shirt size and color for the month of May. And if you do not tell me what you want, I will give you a default color and size. And hopefully you'll be okay with that because I gave you lots of warning. Love you. Uh, Brittany, <laughs> I hear we have some new podcast reviewers. We do. We have Texting Addict, Graytheran, and Marilyn's Got Change, who says, Love you, ladies. You guys are awesome. My husband and I met y'all at PAX East 2019 and got the opportunity to get drunk with you guys. Congratulations, Steimer. Have fun abroad. I'm sure it was great getting drunk with you. Marilyn's got change, and I hope you still have change. <laughs> yes. Love you. Like Andrea said, love you. Oh, thank God that bottle was closed. We Ayo, almost had a... Just rolled a water bottle across my laptop. This no is why you leave. Deal. And uh, then you locked it. It went to sleep. <laughs> this is why you have a cover on your keyboard like I do, just in case these accidents happen. Oh, and I just added a footer to the show notes. I'm all over the place, everybody. <laughs> Less than H7. Um, Let's go. That's the footer Andrea put I don't in even there. know what's, what's going on there. Um, all right. So we're not going to go over absolutely everything that was in the showcase because it was a lot, but boy, there's a lot of big announcements that we definitely have to cover. So, yeah. um, Britt, take it away. All right. Well, the big the big baby, the big baby that we all love is God of War Ragnarok. So we finally got a gameplay trailer for this. It is confirmed to be called God of War Ragnarok. And unfortunately, I've only been able to see the trailer once. I'm assuming you two, it's the same thing. That yes. is correct. Okay, correct. yeah. But yeah, it's been essentially confirmed. We knew this was happening that it's called Fimble Winter is coming and Ragnarok is coming, which means the world is going to come to an end and all the gods are going to die. And I'm assuming that's what Ragnarok is going to be exploring. Um, our boy Atreus is older now. He kind of has like that little like little teenage boy voice in him. And he seems like he's angsty and antsy as ever, feisty as ever. And him and Daddy Kratos are button heads. It looks like a little bit. Again, to be expected. We got to see Mimir 
premiere, we got to see Brock and Sindri, and oh my god, it just looks so good. Like, it, it's been a hot minute since I've seen a trailer that just it makes you grin the whole time, because you know the quality to expect from this game. They did not hold back on this trailer. I am so glad that we got to see so much gameplay, because oh. so many times, you know, you get these trailers, and they're just like CG scenes, which, I mean, are are cool to look at, but like... I was really hoping for a lot of gameplay and they did not disappoint. To me, that is a good indicator that hopefully this game is on track and we will be able to, you know, get to play this game at some point in 2022. So oh pretty. God. It is so, so pretty. There was one. How do we feel else? about Teen? Oh, oh, I was going to say, how do we feel about Teen Atreus? Oh, that- I mean, mm. I thought he was always going to be annoying just because he was annoying as a kid. <laughs> yep. so, and it, see, he seems like he's going to be annoying here. <laughs> yeah. Totally. That's just it. I feel the same way. I mean, he does have a lot on his plate. Being a hormonal teenager is hard enough. Now, finding out that you're Loki and a whole bunch of other shit, like, I imagine that's even harder on the old uh, mental health there. But spoilers. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't played God of War by this point, like, he even says it in the trailer that he's Loki. So get on it. But, uh, oh, yes. Freya, yes. get it. Ugh. And I love this part. Yeah, there's a lot. He he says to Kratos something along the lines of, can you stop being a father and start being a general? And then Kratos just like growls at him. He's like, no, or whatever. I sounded yeah, like I was going yeah, through puberty he- just then. <laughs> that sounds right. Uh, that sounds right. Oh, God. And the doggos. Yeah, this, this looks beautiful. But yeah, I really love the dog sled action that's happening. It's all very wintry. So I'm excited to play this for sure. You get to see uh, also Tyr, who is the Norse, Norse god of war. And he is bigger than Kratos. He's a big boy. <laughs> he big boy. <laughs> what are the things? Well, that- and we get we get to see like a tiny sliver of what we assume to be Thor. Yeah. So um, in the after show, they did confirm that that's Thor. They even said the actor who's playing him, but I've already forgotten his name. Sorry. Uh, but he's one of the actors from um, Sons of Anarchy, and uh, they they confirmed actually a decent amount in the in the after show. They so say- they also talked about Corey Barlog is not the game director on yeah. this game. It is somebody else at Sony Santa Monica. I've also forgotten Eric his name immediately. Thank you. Got you. <laughs> All the names just fly right out of Too my head. Too many names. Let's be real. But uh, yeah, they said that they, they like to do that to keep things fresh and to get new perspectives. Plus, you know, uh, being a game director is pretty tiring, I hear. So got to give people a break. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It just looks so damn good. So, so good. Ugh. Lots of centaurs in this. I'm excited yes. to fight them. I want to punch a horse in the side. I'm ready. <laughs> bring on bring on all of the different armor um, suits with the upgrades. And I'm just like, the combat in this game was so satisfying. And the cutscenes were so well done. The narrative was great. I mean, like I said, this is a masterclass in game making. It's a 10 out of 10 perfect game for me. And there are very few games that... I give that accolade to, so could not be more hyped to I play think the what sequel. I, yeah, what, I, what I'm appreciative of is, so a lot of sequels will do the thing where it's like, oh, something happened. You lost all your powers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Start over again. And you're like, son of a bitch, I don't want to do that. Uh, and this very much looks like that is not the case here. Um, you see a lot of the things that Kratos acquires over the first game to still be relevant in this game which is nice and then it just feels like it's adding on top of it so you see atreus for instance on what you called a like a patronus <laughs> some sort of a it, it was like a deer like spirit deer of some yeah, kind some sort of spirit that's deer why i call projection. it a patronus because you know harry's patronus is and deer. he's anyway. like riding it and bucking people then in combat i was like that's cool it just like 
evolutions to what they could do before. And I think that that's a really smart and great way to handle it. Mm. So excited. Yeah. All right. Moving on. And another surprise reveal. This one was huge. I did not see this one coming either. Insomniac has announced Spider-Man 2, continuing the story of Peter Parker and Miles Morales in the Spider-Verse, coming exclusively to PlayStation 5 in 2023. Venom was teased as at least one of the big bads alongside Peter and Miles taking down criminals together. So we all had a hunch that Spider-Man 2 was in development after what we saw from Miles Morales, right? Uh, Spider-Man did so well for Sony insomniac we knew that they were definitely making more i just did not expect to see this much of it this soon so yeah they are just a machine (laughs) they are and i mean i know everyone was expecting spider-man 2 but after the trailer right but like two trails before that was in the next story wolverine and i think at that point everyone was like okay well maybe they're taking a little bit of a break from spider-man maybe maybe not who knows what's going on at insomniac and so then when spider-man was shown and then it's venom which i guess everyone really cares about here's the thing ladies i've said this so many times (laughs) i don't give a shit about spider-man in terms of like he's cool i love to play the game wolverine cool he has sharp claws get a manicure whatever going with your bad self but if insomniac is making it i'm gonna play it like they have proven to me that i don't have to have much interest in the core material itself like the spider-man lore and whatnot but they will make me interested and i will really enjoy my time with it so i'm just excited don't don't ask me any questions about wolverine i couldn't tell you anything i know he once wore that yellow suit i don't know if he still wears that Ah, i guess i guess we're moving on to wolverine then sure (laughs) Let's do it. Uh, just completely gloss, what... just completely glossing over Spider-Man <laughs> too. I'm like, this trailer is for Wolverine, not for the spiders. Uh, but yeah, the Wolverine trailer was pretty short and very much oh. more conceptual than anything else. Right. Uh, so this is really, I mean, there's no dates on anything. It feels like this is more to just get it out there that they're making this game. Yeah. Versus you should be expecting it anytime soon. I do not think that that is the case. Uh, but it was definitely cool because when they, they showed it, it's just sort of like a derelict bar. Lots of people are down on the ground. Uh, one guy gets up with a knife and you're just like, why are you? Why? Clearly nothing went well for anybody else. So like, I don't know why you think you're different. Uh, and then the guy drinking at the bar just, you know, flexes his fist and the claws come out, so you know it's Wolverine. Yeah. So I was like, that's, that's a really good way, because I wasn't sure where it was going. I'm like, there's a number of heroes where they could be doing this, but um, given the movies, actually, I do like that it's sort of paying homage to that a little bit, how he was he's usually at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's usually there, so he like, likes to right. go drink in that Wolverine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was confirmed yeah. on the PlayStation blog that it's a standalone game. I don't think we really were questioning that, but if you're wondering... What is Wolverine? Yeah, Wolverine. Wolverine. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know I skipped over Spider Man, but going back to yeah. that, do you think it could be multiplayer? Because it shows Peter I'm and Miles. I'm hoping it's co op. Yeah. I'm hoping it's co op because yeah. Peter and Miles together, oh, God, that'd be, I mean, for me, I, I would uh, only want to play Miles. I think Miles is way more fun to play than Peter. But I, I also hope, obviously, like they'll they'll do maybe something a little more with it but at the very least i'm hoping for co-op please don't just let it be ai oh you yeah switch yeah, back yeah. and forth between because that's another option they could do could could not have co-op at all um but yeah when the when they announced miles morales and they did the whole thing i was like a little bummed that peter was nowhere around in that game so i'm really excited to see these two play off of each other more because it was really fun when you would go to the rooftops and have Peter there via hologram or whatnot and ha- having Miles interact with him. 
they were really fun moments those two characters work really well together so i'm excited to see more of that and then obviously venom is cool he's a cool villain can't wait to see how it all shakes out and i'm excited to just swing around even more <laughs> yes give all me the all the swinging, web swinging all games. of the time yes yeah, I think that that was a smart move. And I mean, Marvel just continuing with the hits gave us another extended look at Guardians of the Galaxy as well. So we got Wolverine, Spider-Man 2, and Guardians of the Galaxy all from Marvel um, at PlayStation's showcase today. So clearly solidifying their relationship with Sony, which I thought <laughs> just was really interesting. Just a little bit. Which I thought was just interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did you guys think of Guardians? Did you think it looked good? Yeah. I'm torn on it. Yeah. I know I understand the art direction behind it. I understand the reason why all the characters look different than the movies. I get mm-hmm. it. But the way that they've gone for it, I don't know. For me, I was like, I don't know that I love that. I don't yeah. know that I love the pompadour on Star-Lord. I don't know that I love the weird little dwarf beard on Rocket. Like, I don't... I, I like Gamora, actually. I think Gamora looks badass. <laughs> She's the one visual interpretation where I was like, Yes. Okay. I can see that. But the other ones, I'm just like, eh. So this yeah. one is good I feel to be you. ignorant, man. I don't know two shits from one. I don't know two shits from one another. That is you don't know two shits. I was, there was something I was going with there, and it completely like <laughs> flopped miserably. Anyway, I don't give I a shit. What you don't like. have like that much of an exactly. affinity. Exactly. So to me, yeah. all I see, I mean, I've seen like a movie. I don't know how many of them are out that are out there. I've seen a movie. So I'm like familiar I've seen with a group. movie before. I've seen a, a single movie in my entire life. She's sa- she's <laughs> sassing you now. Oh, she. I, is. I know it's okay. She needs to get it all out of her system before she leaves. That's. That's, That's true. I, I'm gonna miss it. Uh, but yeah, like I don't give a shit what they look. Oh, but the dog. There is a dog. And I will the say dog is great. the dog must be Space protected. Dog. Is that a character? Like an actual character in the game? Yes. Or in the movies? Okay. In the movies, no. Oh. No, in the, not movies, in the movies, he's just he's there. Okay. Um, as a collection from a thing. <laughs> like there's a there's a guy called the collector. He has the dog in his collection. So oh. uh, but yeah, I mean I'm I'm interested. The gameplay looked really interesting. So I am curious to play this for sure. I think it'll be a fun experiment, but I just literally have no idea what to expect from it. Hmm. Yeah, I think. All it's right. Well, well, moving on because we're just gonna keep on a rolling. Um, we did find out that Blood Hunt, the vampire battle royale that we've talked about before, is coming to PS Five this year. So cool, we get to suck some more necks. Uh, <laughs> I thought you said sex God. some more necks, and I, I was like, damn, girl. sex some more necks. No, suck, suck some more necks. You know, with your vampire fangs. <sighs> That's that's what I was referring to there. Gotcha. Um, the thing that I thought was more interesting than that, though, was we finally got like an extended look at Ghostwire <laughs> Tokyo. So this is a game that we know that has been in development. This is from Tango Gameworks, I believe, and is also part of that Bethesda exclusivity deal that's now a little dated. A little awkward. <laughs> yeah, just um, a tad. <laughs> now that Microsoft owns Bethesda. Um, but Britt, did this get your panties in a twist? Oh, man. I was grunting so hard over here by myself in my office watching that thing. It looks so much like a Brit game. Obviously, it's set in Tokyo, and I, I just have a thing for that. Have you seen my Yakuza binge that I've done lately? Um, and in fact, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, it, it looks all like neon in the streets. looks so dark and gloomy, and you have all of these evil demons and these creepy-ass 
enemies that look like there's something straight out of a Japanese horror film. And yeah, you know, that makes sense. You have the stringy black hair. You have like the faceless Slender Man looking dude with an umbrella. You have little squirrel, schoolgirl outfits with no bodies. You've got like these weird crazy. Oh, I just love it. The Oni mask dude with the bleeding eyes. It just looks so right up my alley. It actually gave me some like Bioshock vibes when I was watching it. You know, and you have your powers and whatnot in the first person perspective and you have these enemies coming at you. It was a really, really mm, good first I look. I want to see it again. I want to watch the trailer again because I've only seen it once. But yeah, that just looks so, so right at my alley. But still no release date. But we'll just... Suspicious. 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 <sighs> we'll see. Yeah, when we were watching that, I was like, I wish that I would liked this kind of game because I appreciate what they're trying to do. But I will not play it. <laughs> I just am not going to play it. Like there, I just so have like, other things to do me. with my time, and that is being scared is not one of them. No. So, so I'm trying to I'm trying to find it in this giant PlayStation Showcase video by just scrubbing, and it's not going well. I'm like, no, I don't no, want to watch not. the GTA Five trailer again. Here, yeah, that was another thing that happened. Another GTA Five coming to PlayStation Five coming uh, cool. because it's delayed it to March 2022. Woo! It's okay. It's going to oh, make yeah, them so, so much money doesn't even matter. It really, it really is. It really doesn't matter. Um, another spooky game that I... Oh, here we go. She's got... Oh, hi. I'm back. I'm back, You're ladies. Back. <laughs> I'm back, ladies Sorry, and gentlemen. Yes, this, is the, this is the... Um, some of the ghost Oh, yeah. Stuff. Just look at that. Look at those masks. Look at that creepy, like, cafeteria. All the chairs doing things chairs shouldn't do. Chairs don't float around like that on their own. On the Oni mask. I never would have been excited for this game before I met you, Brittany. Are, I just want to let you know that. Are you excited now because of me? Yeah. Oh. I actually had... I actually had quite a good time with The Evil Within 2. Oh, yeah? I thought that that game was a lot more exciting than I anticipated. And obviously, it was still scary. But the combat mechanics in that game were great. And it had, like, a nice exploration element to it. And the story was just weird enough that it didn't lose me, but kept me hooked, wanting to kind of figure out, like, how it was going to end. And the scary encounters were sweaty, for sure. (laughs) But they weren't so sweaty that I felt like I had to step away and not keep playing the game, which sometimes happens with horror games. I have to be like, nope, I'm good. I'm done. Yep. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yep. Yep. So what about the Alan Wake remaster? Are you interested in that? Oh, so Controversial opinion. Oh. No, I was just like, we had like we had two quote unquote remakes, right? So we have GTA 5 for PlayStation 5. We have now Alan Wake, which is the first time that this game is coming to the PlayStation platform. Um, and I was just like, Alan Wake does not look good. Like this, I just felt like the textures were really bad. Like yeah. it didn't look like, obviously they probably did do some stuff to it, but just visually I was like, this kind of looks like you didn't do anything I, in this trailer. I mean, visuals of the trailer aside, I just am not interested. I just like, don't care about Alan Wake. Don't hate me, please, everyone listening. No, don't show hate. No, I actually have never played more than just a few minutes of Alan Wake. I tweeted about this, but the game came out right when I moved into my first place by myself, and I just wasn't interested in playing spooky games back then. I didn't have a game What? Sh- I know. Listen, it was scary being on my own for like a hot minute, and then I kind of got my bearings, and then I was fine. Uh, but and then you're like, okay, we're good. We're, we're good, yeah. So this is obviously a remaster coming October 5th. It's something that people have been talking about a lot, and people have been always telling me that I need to play this. They're like, ah, it's a classic. It's so good. And the last time I played a game like that, it was Deadly Premonition, which ended up being a fucking lovely, lovely little gem. I don't think Alan Wake is quite in that same 
that same pool. It's not as like yeah. bizarroville as Deadly Premonition. Right, but because exactly, but because again, folks have been telling me to play it. I'm gonna give it a shot. Um, it's October, so that's spooky time. That's just it is spooky next time. month. Holy shit! Yeah, I played. I played a few hours of it when it came out. Um, but ultimately, I was just like, I am t- too scared. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to keep playing this. I don't like these kinds of games. I was really just giving it a shot to give it a shot and I didn't mind like the bits that I was playing but you know the battery pack constantly running out I was like Mm-mm, nah dog I would be if if this was real life I would have batteries at the wazoo I would just be stockpiling this shit oh that's right yeah yeah because it's a flashlight right is that what it was yeah the flashlight is basically what will uh scare away any of the the darkness oh. <laughs> the not very veiled metaphors at all yeah pretty pretty on the nose there exactly there All right, moving right along. But before we get to that, this episode of What's Good Games is brought to you by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make the home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why, friends, it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every week, from vegetarian meals and calorie-smart choices to extra-special gourmet options. That peppercorn beef is my favorite. Peppercorn steak, rather. There's something for everyone to enjoy with recipes designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. You might even save yourself some bucks because HelloFresh is over 30% cheaper than shopping at grocery stores with pre-portioned ingredients that ensure you won't spend money on excess food that ends up going in the trash. HelloFresh offers the flexibility you need to easily customize your order on the app within minutes. Easily change your delivery day, food preferences, and plan size, or skip a week whenever you need to. So it's no surprise that Jason and I have a three and a half month old, and I know Andrea does too, so she can probably empathize. But cooking when you have a baby is hard. But thankfully, once in a while, our little kiddo will give us a few minutes of peace and quiet. And the other day, Jason was able to crank out two HelloFresh meals back to back, the Golden Schnitzel and the Barbecue Pork Sloppy Joes, because it is real easy when you don't have to worry about buying the ingredients and doing all the prep work when it just comes to you as is. So now we have enough food for like four days, Andrea. It's great. It's great. It is great. So... Go to HelloFresh.com slash What's Good 14 and use code What's Good 14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. To try America's number one meal kit, go to HelloFresh.com slash What's Good 14 and use code What's Good 14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. Let's pick up with Forspoken. So I thought that this was really an interesting trailer. So this is a brand new game that we've seen for the first time at the PlayStation press conference. And I kind of don't know what to think about it because there was a couple, just a couple cringe moments in the trailer where we got some clearly in-engine cutscenes with characters speaking where there was like some lip sync problems. Um, And you generally don't see that in trailers. That technically doesn't really bother me when we see it inside of a game. I'm usually not really fussed if there's like some lip sync issues unless they're really egregious, but you just don't really see them in a trailer. Was I the only one bothered by this? I think no, I mean I, I I was the one who called it out when we were watching. I was like, or I think me and John were like, oh that lip sync was <laughs> not good. But the rest of the game was looking really strong. So personally mm-hmm. I was like, I could definitely like look over that if 
the if the combat seems to be delivering what it looks like it will and oh, the traversal it looks so, so this pretty. game is coming from square enix and is being dubbed an action rpg it was originally announced as project athea in 2020 and was given a title change or its formal title i guess uh in march and this character that we're seeing i guess is called frey who has been transported into a fantasy world and according to these notes pulled from, I believe, IGN, it's going to be a PS5 console exclusive for at least two years. Dang. Yeah. I think this game, I have, I'm optimistic about it. I think Frey could be a very likable character. Um, th- obviously, the world is stunning. But what I like about her so far, and the writing seems to be good, is she has very like reasonable reactions to her environment. I remember the very first trailer, I think it was in March where we got that official title. She said like something like, what the fuck? Like something, cause she got transported to this world. And I was like, yeah, like that's something believable. Someone would say they wouldn't be like, Oh my goodness. I have a talking cuff on my arm. Oh wow. This is pretty cool. I'm going to go save the world now. Huh? You know, she actually is like wondering, <laughs> she Mickey, Mickey mouse. at the end. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. She has to bring some Disney <laughs> magic to this fucking world. She's in. Uh, I mean, amazing. Yeah. Oh, so, great. I mean, that's, I think she could be a really likable character. And obviously, it's always great to see women of color being the main characters because, like, there's just not enough. And I think the little cuff friend could be a little, a little fun sidekick there. He won't be, you know, Mimir, but it'll be a fun right. little cuff True. friend. True. Yeah. I think just, again, I think the combat looks so strong in this game and the environment building and the traversal. Those are the things that are really selling me on it. Yeah. Cause, I mean, I don't, the stories was like kind of nothing like aside from just being plopped into a fantasy world uh where there is quote unquote a big bad like that's kind of all i got right so i'm like the story is not doing it for me yet but all those other three other three things are and for me that's enough to really want to to see where it's going Mm -hmm. yeah 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 i'm just sorry i'm trying to cue up the next the b-roll for the next thing tiny tina Tiny Tina in Tina's in Wonderlands. Makes me feel happy. Yeah, I thought it was... I, I like that they they have the, the clever spin on the name. The Wonderlands instead of... Instead of the Borderlands. The Borderlands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we heard about this game earlier this year. This um, Was it the spring or something? Or was it around E3? I don't remember when this game was announced. Um, but I was excited because I love Tiny Tina as a character. I've been a fan of Borderlands for a long time. This very clearly looks like Borderlands, though they're trying to say it's not Borderlands. I'm like, it's much more colorful. Like it is and it isn't. Sure yes and no. RPG systems are different, and the the they're clearly know, the, the enemies are different, and like it has a more fantasy, like traditional fantasy. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, metal and magic is the thing they dubbed it as, and there's even like a cheeky line, like, "How can this be fantasy if there's guns in it?" And Tina's basically like, "Shut up and grab your guns, bitch." Yes. Um, which I thought was funny because then basically just saying we'll make whatever kind of fantasy game we want to make. Which As you should because it's literally fantasy. It is yeah. made up. You can make up whatever you want. That's true. I agree. So this is coming March uh, 2022 and I'm sure we will see more from that. And then Project Eve we got a really long look at and I completely forgot about this game. Same. Not going to lie. Big same. I also forgot about it. And then, I was like, oh, And then here yeah. it was. It was like a really long, really long gameplay demo. Uh, to kind of start off the show. I mean, well, to start off the show, we had that, what I 
thought was kind of an egregiously long commercial, which you know you're going to see on mainstream television. I was like, Sony, don't waste time with this. We're here because we're fans. We've yeah, you've already, already sold bought, us. We've already bought into the we cult of Sony. We've drunk the Kool-Aid. It's down the hatch. There's no <laughs> it's going down back. down the hatch. It's getting ready to exit our body because it's been in our body for so long. We're big fans. So I did not get that. What the hell is up with that chess game? What was... Is that is, it? Wasn't a ch- it wasn't a chess game? What do you mean? Wait, people were making it's, they're jokes making online, fun yeah. of it because it's just a commercial. Oh no, I know it's not a real a chess game, but I'm just saying like it's, anyway. If I didn't know what PlayStation was, it wouldn't. It's have sold a metaphor me. for something somebody thought was very clever on the that, directing that's side, it. and it's not. That's it. But cool. Go on to your bad self. Yeah. Anyway, we were talking about Project Eve. I forgot, again, like both of you just <laughs> said, I forgot this game completely existed. But I was watching it. And I'm like, man, I'm getting some like Bayonetta vibes. I'm getting almost some like Dead Space vibes with this. It just, it looks, it looks really good. She has such a shiny ass. I, she yeah. really does. Mm-hmm. That is one of the shiniest bodysuits I've ever seen. I don't know how she does it. There's not a speck of dirt on it. It's, it's remarkable. You can fucking look at your reflection in that thing. It must look just like repel dirt and to dust. Yeah. Because. But no. So this was originally announced back in 2019. Wow. If uh, you can remember back. I believe this was announced at the PlayStation Showcase at E3. If I remember correctly. Um, and. We really obviously haven't heard much. It was originally also announced for Xbox One and PC. Uh, so imagine that we'll see this uh, over there eventually. But yeah, looking. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Good. Look at that monstrosity, that nemesis knockoff. I see you. I see you. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, it looks like the action looks really fun. Some of the platforming looked great. I like the dark atmospheric, you know, post-apocalyptic vibes of it. She has nice flowy black hair and we're clearly not getting Bayonetta anytime soon. So this is probably going to be how we're going to have to get her fix. Sure, she doesn't wrap yeah, her hair around her. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of like a, a cross between Bayonetta, DMC, and Final Fantasy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's, it's like I told John while I was watching this, I was like, it reminds me of Devil May Cry with like a Final Fantasy aesthetic. Like Ooh, the that's combat a good way with putting big, it. With like these big over the top bosses where you're kind of like juggling in the air and then, you know, but you have like the kind of more anime art style of Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really interesting. I normally this game wouldn't be my jam, but I really loved my time with the, you know, more modern combat mechanics of Final Fantasy VII Remake. So. Consider me, consider me interested. I, I will. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Continuing on. We saved the best for last, everybody. And by the last, I mean the first announcement that happened at the PlayStation <laughs> Showcase, which really, come on, wasn't much of an announcement. <laughs> Knights of the Old Republic remake is coming for PlayStation 5. So we have heard whispers that this game has been being worked on Um I believe we got something announced about it back in, what, 2013 or something? Oh, wow. That was a really long time ago. Uh, let me just double check my facts here so I'm not completely talking out my ass on this one. Um, but I think it's interesting that they made a note to say being developed for PlayStation 5. What do you think that that means in, like, tricksy marketing talk? <laughs> in tricksy marketing because they you the platform holders love to do this shit they love to be like it's coming for xbox one or xbox series x and then it's secretly also coming to like switch or pc or or playstation but they don't make it seem like that's the case do you think that this game is going to also be coming to other platforms do you think that you know bioware and ea are like 
in with Sony and this is just Well, here we go. Game. It will be coming to PlayStation 5 as a console exclusive at launch alongside a PC release with other consoles possibly to be revealed at a later date. Mm, okay. So it's slightly exclusive. Slightly. But at least they PC, right? Because I yeah. think a lot of people were getting their panties bunched up online after the PS5 reveal was made and people being like, this better be covered in PC. Yeah. I played it on a PC. I want to play it on a PC. And you're I'm, like, a, I'm a nerd that likes it. my PC. And wasn't this an Xbox know, exclusive back in the day? I liked it. Whatever it was. Thanks. Anyway. <laughs> I also play games on my PC friends. Don't get, don't get it twisted. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this does nothing for me, but um, I'm, I know it does things for a I lot of people. For yeah, it. that's what I'm saying. Like, I know you, but you played the MMO, right? Yeah, so okay. I've tried playing KOTOR, but it was only on the backwards compatible kind of shit that you could do with your Xbox, and uh, it didn't work very well. And, like, sound would cut out, and it wasn't, mm. it just wasn't, like, the best experience, so I only played, I think I actually played, like, 10 hours of it, and then I was like, I just... I'm not like drawn to it anymore because it just feels kind of old and like it's not working the way that I want it to work. So I'm very excited to actually be able to experience this game with an updated visual and updated. I don't think it's really all they've confirmed is updated visual, but still like whatever they're doing on it, I will be very happy to play this version um, and kind of get the experience of it. Yeah. And I think once I see more gameplay or more what it's about, I think I'll probably be hooked on it like I was with a Fallen Order. Jedi Fallen Order, right? That was the last one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Same sort of thing. It's like the Insomniac games. It's like the other Star Wars games. I usually have I mean, a good time. A, it was it's a Bioware, so you, you have I, a Oh, Bioware. I'm sure. If there's banging, maybe can you bang? I wonder if they'll bring back any, like the OG voice actors. Oh. That would be cool. Because um, the guy, one of the guys who plays, I think his name is Karth in that game. Um, It's Caden. Oh. It's the same voice actor. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Ra- Raph. So I don't, I don't know if he'll be in this one, to mm. be clear. But that's the, oh, the, the original. That's what it was. All right. Right on. I'm into it. Yeah. Into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I can't find an exact year for when these rumors began. I feel like these rumors have been circulating forever. They've just forever. been circulating for a long time. <laughs> that's, all, that's, that's, the, that's the most Everyone's scientific like, answer this should happen. You. This should happen. This should happen. And then Pretty much. finally, so, 2021 said, here you go. Somebody pulled some money out of a hat somewhere and was like, I think the internet wants this thing. So for yeah. sure, Jennifer Hale is returning. That's the only confirmation oh, nice. I can find. Yeah, that's great. Excellent. That's great. Wonderful. I love her. Well... That was quite a few announcements from the PlayStation Showcase, and I'm glad that we got some cool things to look forward to. Sony always bringing the goods. I was hoping to see a little bit more of Horizon Forbidden West, but we did get a you know gameplay trailer for that not too long ago, and hopefully we'll get to see an extended gameplay reveal, or maybe Sony will... Ask us to come play the game ahead of when it's out. You know, Sony, if you're listening and you need people to play test Horizon, we'll make ourselves available. I've come around. I don't mind your trees. Right here. <laughs> I don't mind. Yeah, I think that was kind of the interesting thing is there was a lot of potential for this. I think I think it was a great showcase. But, you know, Final Fantasy 16, there's the whole Blue Point acquisition rumor. There's the inf- infamous rumor, like rumors, yes. But uh, I think that was what's, what was fun about this is the hype for this thing was very, very high. And for the most part, I think it delivered. And it's always fun when there's different possibilities. Like, where's the Naughty Dog online multiplayer game? When's that coming? 
who knows? Who could say? Clearly, Sony still has so much more up their sleeve. So they could announce another, I feel like, showcase for next week. And we'd still be very, very excited about it. But please don't. <laughs> You're not wrong, Brittany. You're not wrong. There are still rumors a-swirling. Lots of rumors. Things. Yeah. Well... Why don't we talk about some video games then? How does that sound? As if we were continuing to talk about video games. I was going to add the Alan Wake remastered news to the list this week, but we already covered that. So sure did. We're good to go there. This episode of What's Good Games is brought to you by Fixture S1. You guys may remember me talking about the Fixture S1 last year when it first came out and how much it changed my experience playing with the Nintendo Switch Pro Controller. What's amazing about the Fixture S1 is that it allows you to use your Nintendo Switch Pro Controller with your Switch in a very ergonomically comfortable position so that you don't have to worry about using that little kickstand and setting up your screen on another table. And you don't have to sacrifice the gameplay precision of the Pro Controller in exchange for those little nubbins on the Joy-Cons. Now, don't get me wrong. I enjoy my time playing Animal Crossing with my Joy-Cons. It doesn't really require a lot of dexterity. But if you try playing a game like Hades or Celeste or any other game that requires a lot of fine motor control without a pro controller, it can get a little frustrating. Enter in the Fixture S1. And now you can even get their brand new carrying case to go along with your Fixture S1. You can get the carrying case on Amazon or at the Fixture Gaming website. The Fixture S1 can be used to connect your Nintendo Switch to your Pro Controller for portable play. It's designed to be exceptionally ergonomic by allowing you to balance the center of mass of the console directly over your hands. If you guys want to check out the Fixture S1, the easiest place to do that is to go to FixtureGaming.com, where if you use our code WGG, you're going to get $5 off. Or if you're an Amazon user, you can find the Fixture over there as well. The Fixture S1 can stand on any flat surface in tabletop mode, ensuring stability and allowing for multiplayer gaming. Or you can use it in tabletop mode. It allows for plenty of space below the charging port, allowing the fun to continue while your Switch is charging because nobody likes it when their Switch runs out of battery. And the fixture was designed by a gamer in hopes of creating the best user experience possible. Quality and integrity are part of their key values. And of course, customer satisfaction is paramount. If you guys want to try a Fixture S1 for yourself, head on over to FixtureGaming.com and to get $5 off your Fixture S1, use our code WGG at checkout or check them out on Amazon. The Fixture S1 really does make gaming with your Pro Controller super easy. And if you have yet to try it, I highly recommend it. So you can check it out at FixtureGaming.com. Hey, Brittany. Hey, Andrea. Did you hear that our friends over at Rooster Teeth have a new show? Oh, they do. What's it called? It's called now. Do not laugh. But okay. <laughs> it's called the last laugh. See, see, uh, see what I did there. Ah, uh, uh, cl- cl- very clever. Those friends at Rooster Teeth. Listen, I'll leave the comedy to to them. So if you guys missed Last Laugh, this is actually technically not a new show. It's a new season. Season two has launched. It premiered just yesterday on September 9th. And it's part game show, part social experiment and 100 percent evil laugh challenge. Spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> See, they really just need to have us on the show because we have great laughs. 
Clearly. Uh, Last Laugh returns for their second season, as I mentioned, with 12 contestants gathered for six hours to see who literally laughs last. If they laugh, smile, or smirk, they are eliminated and prevented from dethroning season one winner Blaine Gibson, who made an appearance on our show. Uh, Hosts Jeff Ramsey and Elise Willems. We love her. She also was on our show. Uh, Have an entire new collection of surprises, but they will be enough. But will they be enough to break the contestants? If you guys want to check out who can hold out the longest without laughing, you got to tune in. Starting now at roosterteeth.com. All of the episodes from season one are available if you missed it. And if you want to watch season two, now is the time. How do you think you'd do, Brittany? Do you think you could make it? I, I was just thinking, no, I'd be so bad at that. You know me. Listen, Andrea, my nickname in sixth grade for my math teacher, Mr. Esperanza, was Smiley. Oh, I like so, it. I love it. It was smiley because, you know, I like to laugh and smile a lot of shit. I would be terrible. I'd be so bad at this. I can't hold a straight face for shit. Yeah, I don't think I'd be. I don't think I'd be very good at it either. I'd like to try. I'd like though. to try though. Yeah, me too. I think that would be fun. I would last all but like thirty seconds, but you know that's okay. Yeah. So Blaine or Elise or Jeff, if you're listening and you need some new contestants, we're ready or for you. Easy targets. Yeah. One easy win, easy notch in your belt. Wait, wait a minute. Don't laugh at that. Notch in your belt. It's like a sexual innuendo, you know. All right, let's get back to the show. Last week, I mentioned that I was going to talk about Call of Duty Vanguard this week because we were talking all about Far Cry 6 last week. And since then, I've also gotten to get hands-on time with Call of Duty Vanguard's multiplayer, which I briefly tweeted about if you guys follow me on Twitter. I do follow you on Twitter, and I saw your screenshots, and they were very pretty. Thank you. Those were provided by Activision. I did not take those. Oh, okay. I thought you took them, and I was like, damn, girl. I did record (laughs) some of my gameplay, but to spare you all... Watching me get crucified by <laughs> members of the FaZe Clan. Um, oh, yeah. That's will a rough, not show rough you. Chuckles. This happens to me every time. And by the way, thank you to Activision for inviting me to play this game and to see the Behind Closed Doors presentation on the single-player part of Call of Duty Vanguard. They do their best to match make press with press and, like, content creators with other content creators and obviously the esports people with in the, the esports, esports people, people. <laughs> but at some time at some, a certain point you just kind of got to open the matchmaking pool to get the games going because it's already difficult enough to run a preview event for a multiplayer session but activision is very good at doing it for call of duty and i was just getting whomped on <laughs> well yeah <laughs> it was sad sad for me but I, I did get to see some of the new modes which i wanted to talk about so on twitter i had mentioned the new mode patrol which is a riff on Hardpoint. So for people who aren't familiar with the multiplayer mode of Hardpoint, you essentially is like capture the flag. There's three different points on the map, A, B, and C, and you have to go and stand in a circle. And once you stood in the circle for X amount of seconds, you capture the point, and then you have to hold and defend that point. The way that Patrol takes that and kind of flips it on its head is that the circle that you have to stand in is constantly moving on the map. So it really forces map movement and circling and momentum and really changes up the style of gameplay because you have to like kind of walk with the circle as it's moving to capture it. And it really makes it tougher to defend because you have to kind of be more like a head on a swivel. Whereas before you could like kind of pick a corner and camp on the right maps. And so it was really chaotic is the word I use to describe it, but it was actually pretty fun. I just, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall in that, that uh, gameplay meeting (laughs) where someone was like, what if the circle moved? (laughs) 
<laughs> and everyone was probably like that's stupid and then later it probably came around to like actually that might work hey bob that's a great idea you got there wait a minute (laughs) (laughs) um so i i had a good time with that and then you know they let us try some of the more traditional like team deathmatch um modes and and things like that and to me i had a blast playing the game i think call of duty multiplayer is something that has evolved quite a bit but the hardcore of hardcore fans of that game seem to never be satisfied i see so much criticism of the multiplayer component of that game but yet it continues to dominate like year over year it just more and more people play and i know that warzone has kind of eaten its own lunch a little bit (laughs) so or cannibalized you know the its own multiplayer for the mainline call of duties and they did announce that there's going to be warzone crossover events with call of duty vanguard and there's going to be like tandem progression and all that good stuff that they had for cold war but i think that what is really kind of putting the community at odds with itself is that once again, we're seeing a call of duty return to a, you know, older period of time where the guns fire differently and the types of weapons that you use are different. And like the movement is just, you know, obviously more grounded in realism than some of the more futuristic call of duties tend to be. And they tend to be a little bit more fast paced fluid. And what I think to be a little bit more fun to play. I'm not a history buff. Them going back to world war two doesn't really blow my skirt up quite frankly i think the story that they're going to tell in the narrative of the campaign is going to be really interesting and i think is going to maybe give that time period the deference that it really deserves but when call of duty world war ii came out i said the same thing that i'm going to repeat here that there just feels to be something a little bit off about having a multiplayer set in such a somber time period in a war where so many millions of people lost their lives over some just really horrific things that happen. And I think that Call of Duty has shown that it can take some serious subject matter and handle it in their campaigns with the respect that it deserves. But it still just feels a little off to me to play that kind of stuff in a multiplayer setting where they're trying to be photorealistic and they're trying to have these weapons and these outfits and these classes that are trying to be true to the time period but also make it fun um you know and so i think that to me as a player always has kind of sat a little off for me and i'm not the only one clearly other people have thought that way too is that something in video games that either of you have problems with or are you like nah it's fantasy fantasy is fantasy I guess for me, it just depends on what the subject material is. Unfortunately, like when it comes to something like World War II, I feel like we've played so many video games about World War II that you kind of get desensitized to it and you forget that what you're playing is based off of an actual like horrific event that happened in our history not that long ago. Um, so I guess like when it comes to like those war video games and like that, it, I guess I'm a little desensitized to it, which is which is a horrible thing to say, but it's just it's just the honest truth. I think when it comes to more recent current events, you know, I was thinking about this last night. I'm like, when are they going to start talking about like COVID in video games? Like, when is that going to start happening? Because you know it's going to happen, and when is it going to be too soon? But I don't know if it would ever be COVID exactly. I mean, because they've they've done disease and plagues and whatnot in games before, so it would just be. I mean, like like a historical like reference to it, like if like T. Lou three. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, like T. Lou three. Oh my God, COVID you know we're all clickers now because of it i don't know 
<laughs> well, at least we're not clickers, but we're that's not. about the best we can say for us at this point. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm with you, Britt, in that, in that, especially in the case of a lot of the, the older world wars, like it's just been covered so much, not only in video games, but in a lot of media where I, it doesn't bother me. It also, I think, yeah, I think it's desensitized to a point where you feel a lot of distance there because, yes, it wasn't technically that long ago, but certainly before any of us. So, like, mm-hmm. there's not that that apprehension with it, whereas something, obviously this wasn't a multiplayer mode, but something that did not sit as well with me was the airport scene. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And Infamous. And in, uh, which Modern Warfare was that? Was it wasn't two? that called? Wasn't that Modern Warfare Two? Was that no I think Russian? It was two. I just couldn't remember. If, yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like, I, I think I actually think I did play that level. I just did the thing where I I didn't didn't shoot, shoot anybody. Yeah. Same. And then they were like, yeah. we caught you," and I was like, "Yeah, that's fair." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I did not. I was not about to participate in this. Right. Yeah. No, that's you. a good example. Uh. But yeah, that that yeah. Stuff, stuff like that is where I feel much more uncomfortable. Um, just because those, while it doesn't necessarily happen in airports, we still have a lot of shootings, a lot of public shootings in America. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that's just not a not a thing I really want to do in a video game. Yeah. Nope. Same Z's. So this is kind of why I was having a little bit of trouble with the multiplayer, but I didn't have any problems like playing with the game. I mean, you know, a lot of the same systems are back. You know, they've made some tweaks to to kill streaks. They've added new perks and all that jazz. And I'm not going to go into the the deep dive on that. There are way better people online who have gone very thorough deep dives on the Call of Duty multiplayer. If that is your jam and you want to uh, go take a look at some of those. But I did want to quickly mention my time with the campaign. So I didn't get hands-on with the campaign like I got with the multiplayer, but I got to see a a, a behind-closed-door presentation on it. But everybody now has seen the extended level that we... Uh, was debuted during opening night live from Call of Duty Vanguard where you know Jeff had Laura Bailey on stage. Of course, she's the voice actress behind the female sniper in the game. And I think the campaign looks excellent. I am a little disappointed they didn't keep some of the cool, more RPG light, I mean, extra light, <laughs> I should say, elements that we saw in Black Ops Cold War campaign, kind of the choose-your-own-adventure elements that they had there. But I think what they're doing, trying to tell the story from the viewpoint of these different protagonists, I think is going to be an interesting narrative to follow. And it obviously feels like quintessential Call of Duty for the campaign. You know, these big set pieces and, you know, some more of these like very highly choreographed levels that you go through. And I'm excited to once again, you know, check out what they've been doing. And of course, you know, it's got some some friends of ours who are writing the show. So shout out to Alexa and to Belinda and everybody else at the writing team over at Sledgehammer Games. So I'm looking forward to it. I think they're going to have a lot of steep competition this fall. A lot of people in my Twitter feed seem to think that Call of Duty multiplayer is going to suffer because we've got Halo Infinite, which is obviously a huge competitor for Call of Duty. And then, of course, Battlefield. Mm-hmm. Battlefield is back. So there's going to be no shortage of pew pews, pew pews to play. Pew 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 pew. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys think that Call of Duty is going to be able to keep its lead as the number one entertainment property in the world with uh, the steep competition coming this fall? Probably. <laughs> like, I think 
tradition bears true that it will be just fine. Um, and especially because Halo Infinite's taken for fucking ever. Yeah. Uh, and I think the more in attuned market could be a little bit more wary of that versus a Call of Duty, which is sort of a tried and true staple. Yeah, I think that's a good point. It comes out every year. You know what to expect, more or less. And Halo's marketing up to this point has been kind of, you know, touch and go. It's very, very, very yeah. touch and go. And so I feel like, obviously, it's going to... Both are going to be just fine. All these companies are going to make a lot of money. So don't worry about them. They'll stay afloat. I think it'll also be difficult because Halo being in Game Pass... Ah, that's something I never thought about until you just mentioned it about it being potentially a bigger yeah. play against Call of Duty because Call of Duty is not cheap. You have to buy it every year. You cost <laughs> <of> the money, <laughs> <laughs> and you have to pay for the upgrade if you want to. If you buy it on last gen and you move it to next gen, which is like a dig. It's like, come on, Activision. You dicks have they enough money. They need the money. Like, no, no, no. We need more Scrooge McDuck yeah. pits. Yeah. Oh, Build another one. Yeah, I, I keep forgetting that Halo is in Game Pass. Yeah. Like, I just do. Because uh, I, I think it's so unbelievable to me that a triple A, like, giant game is in Game Pass. Yeah, I mean, like, you literally can just buy Game Pass for a year and be fucking set. You're like, I'm good. Mm. I don't technically need to buy. I mean, then you just could buy the PlayStation exclusives. Mm-hmm. You're living a happy life for the most part. It's a great time to be yeah. a gamer. Ooh, I feel like it's been a hot minute since I've heard that on a stage. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's when I used to work at PlayStation. That was like the tagline. It's like, there's, it's a great yeah, time to be a there's gamer. never been a better time to like, be a gamer. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. Have I have I gone full shill? Have I like become the marketing monster? The Internet has made <laughs> no, the marketing monster lives inside all of us. It's true. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, okay. We have a couple minutes left uh, before we have to wrap up the show. Uh, as I mentioned, we have to keep it a little um, brief this week because we got to get it uploaded for you guys. Uh, Britt, do you want to give us a tease about what you're planning to talk about uh, next oh, week? Oh, yeah. So I've been playing Tales of Arise. So thank you, Bandai Namco, for the review code. And I have only played one other Tales game before. So for those of you who don't know, Tales, the Tales series, there are 17 of these bad boys. 17 in the Tales series. The first one released, I think, in 1995, and they've just been kind of coming out ever since. And it's a very, very, very well done uh, JRPG. And the last one I played was Symphonia on the GameCube, which I feel like was in 2003 or so. Um, But, you know, if you've been checking out the reviews for this game, they're super positive. If you're looking for, like, a really fun, really well-executed, beautiful jrpg to play i cannot recommend tales of arise more i can't i can't recommend it enough it's and i mean i think you can mainline the main game in like 30 hours or so but there's obviously a lot of side quests you can do which will extend the gameplay by like probably 15 to 20 hours but um the action and the combat is just top tier it's not turn-based it's real-time combat but you can queue up combos and you have four characters you can control at any given time and i think the combat is really where it shines and um, it can be as complicated or as baby ass baby mode as you want it to be you can try to learn all the ins and the outs or you don't have to but um you know i'll talk more about like my thoughts on like the narrative and whatnot but just like for now if you're looking for something to dive into this weekend it comes out on the 10th which i believe is the day this podcast releases just just play it man it's beautiful and it's very 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 good probably one of the best jrpgs i've played in a while um it's not the kind of game andrea would like it's not like final fantasy 7 jrpg it's more of like brit jrpg 
like traditional e- like turn based it's, it's not turn based but it's more like it's not so power of friendshipy and it's not super duper anime y <laughs> but it's like kind of straddling that line of yeah. yeah yeah I've never gotten into the Tales of series it's never been my thing um, as folks who listen to the show know, uh, the Super Japan games aren't typically my bag, um, but I've heard nothing but good things from fans of that franchise. So. It's really, really good, and I think it's going to do a, it's going to go a long way to revitalize the series. Not that you know it's seventeen games; like they've been doing fine. But I think this is really good. yeah, they're, they're doing okay. I think this is going to introduce they're more basically people. a full grown adult. <laughs> oh yeah, they're steady. They got a solid nine to five. They got insurance, a good life. They're fine. But yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I look forward to hearing more about Tales of next week. There's also Life is Strange True Colors, which came out this week, which I'm hoping to be able to talk about next week. And I still need to spend some more time with Aliens Fire uh-huh. Team and oh, Steimer. Yeah. Uh, what's your progress on Psychonauts? Done. Oh, good girl. Finished it. I was going to ask, actually, Brittany, if you, how close or where, what happened with you? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so my problem is I started playing Psychonauts. Tales of Happened. Tales of Happened. Did Tales Happened? Ghost of Tsushima okay. Happened. And then I'm playing another game that. Got it. All yeah. right. Well, I absolutely loved Psychonauts too. It was such a delight from start to finish. I really think they did such a phenomenal job with the cinematic direction of. So each of these levels that you go into is just so well thought out, beautifully crafted, also beautiful to look at. They're really, really vivid. Um, and it's just such an imaginative game. Like the very ending sequence that you go through, the way that they would move the camera around or direct you as the player, I just thought was so brilliant. And the whole premise behind it and the way, like I th- also think the story was awesome. Even though I've never, I did not play the original Psychonauts, so I don't really have an attachment to any of these characters. I felt like they did a really good job with the writing of not making it so you were completely confused the whole time. Not only do they give you the quick setup in the beginning, throughout the way they'll kind of like toss you a bone and like explain things a little bit more along the way so you're not, I, I never felt completely lost in this at all. I always felt like I knew where I was. I felt like um, maybe I would have gotten like a little bit more out of it if I had played the original, but not much. Like I think that I still felt a decent attachment to a lot of these characters fairly quickly. Um, and they did a really nice job of, of, of sealing that all together. But I really think this is something that everybody should play. If you have an Xbox and you have Game Pass, you absolutely should play it because the way that they kind of dive into the psychology of the human mind, obviously that's the whole premise of the game, psychonauts, you're jumping into people's minds, running around in there, I think was just super well done. And it's the thing where I think Brittany mentioned before, where you can either just take it as face value and it's a fun video game and you can run through and look at the pretty colors and the shinies and go through and collect shit. And that's all you need to do. Or you can kind of sit there and have a think about it and what it might mean to you and whether or not, you are harboring some of like some negative feelings that you could be processing. Mm. So it's like a mini therapy session in a way, which I thought was really cool too. Um, But yeah, I mean, I just loved every minute of it and I really, I'm tempted to go back and collect more things. So I actually did a pretty decent job with most of the level of getting not all of the stuff, but I'd say I have like at least 90% in each level, possibly 95. I'm like, do I go back and just grab 
the little bit of extra yeah. stuff just for funsies or not. I probably won't. Oh. But I I have that I have the tug, right? Which I think is a, just another indicator of a really great game that you're willing and wanting to go back to it. Yeah. Oh, no, I need to get back to it. It was uh so you and I stopped around this well last time we talked. We were around the same area. Yes, we were around the Did same it just boss get battle. Better at that and time. better and better from there. Yeah, I mean, I really do think it does because they also, they mix up what you do. So it never feels stale. You're constantly moving and not only is the story progressing, not only is the next level visually different, but the next level might also have different gameplay elements to help keep it really feeling Mm -hmm. fresh. And that I think was what was really well done about it. The pacing felt really good to me. I would say, yeah, maybe the beginning is a little slow because I have a lot of setup to do. But once you kind of get into the groove of things, I think it's really well done. And the gameplay elements changing felt additive and not punitive, right? Yeah. So, like, I'll give you a, a small example. Um, there is a level. There's a level with books in it, and at some point, you will jump into the book. It will become a 2D level. Like, so they'll have Ooh, things cool. like that where they'll they'll mix it up that way. Uh, there was one area I thought I was. I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna hate this. I really thought I was gonna hate it. Essentially, it's like you are on a ball like and balancing and you're trying to platform with it. And I thought I was going to hate it. I was like, this is, this sounds like a fucking nightmare. Um, but I actually didn't, I, it worked out in the sense. I think I only fell off once or twice. Like I never actually felt, I felt more anticipation of frustration than actual frustration. Ah, okay. okay. That makes sense. I was like, Oh my God, I'm really going to hate this. And then I went through, I was like, Oh, actually it was, that wasn't that bad. You're like, JK. <laughs> it actually contro- it controlled well enough. To where I wasn't feeling like, man, yeah. fuck this game. Like, stupid ball <laughs> keeps rolling. <laughs> and that was actually interesting at a, at a different point. So they, they introduce that mechanic and they bring it back again later. But the object that you are rolling on is not a circle. It's not a sphere. It's like more of an oval. And they even, they tweaked the balancing of it. So it feels a little different ah. than the ball, which I thought I was like, that's cool. Like you, you took the time to actually make it enjoyable, change this instead of just making it visually different, but still physically the same running. So I, I, I think they did such a great job. They all, there's such attention to detail in every single level. I honestly don't know how they did it. Some of the things, some of the things that happened in this game, I'm like, how did you think of this? What, what is how what are you smart people out there there's smart people out there who are good at their chops it's really i know yeah it's it's crazy to see how talented that team is and i'm very happy for them that they don't have to be maybe as uh worried in the long haul being an independent studio and now are are cushy and owned by microsoft like yeah they i'm happy for them it clearly did not do anything but good things for them psychonauts 2 is a great game uh, and and you should all like like I said, you should go play it if you've got an Xbox. Yeah, I think it's great when a studio that has worked as hard as the folks at Double Fine have worked for as long as they've been working and really like scraping by at certain points in their development yeah. years, right? Like those Kickstarter the Kickstarters years. that like saved the company, otherwise it would have probably gone out of business. Yeah. Now hopefully being able to flourish with their creativity, knowing that they don't have to like sweat like how they're gonna cover their burn rate next month. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think exactly. that's that's awesome. Congrats to that whole team. Yeah. Well I'm glad that you liked it. I'm still it's still on my list. But as as Brittany can hopefully sympathize that list feels like it's growing exponentially longer much faster than it ever has Dude. in my previous game playing years yeah <laughs> forgot all about that final fantasy 7 so dlc tired. that came out forgot about that whoops yep. yep 
Yeah, Intergrade. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Didn't play no. that either. I haven't played. I'll pick what I play what I want to play and I will play nothing Good else. Good for you, girl. Yes. <laughs> That's right. That's why we love you. At this That's point, I'm like, you, whatever. It's fine. <sighs> I need to go back and finish Ratchet. I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm a little over halfway at this point, but I haven't, haven't quite finished that one yet. Gotta go back. I gotta go back. It's a great time God to be damn a gamer, it, Andrea, everybody. Oh my, oh my God. <laughs> Boo. I couldn't resist. And on that note, that is going to do it for our show for this week. Thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. Don't forget to visit us at patreon.com slash what's good games. And next week, this is Timer's Last Show. That's right. Oh, that reminds me. If you've made it this far on the podcast, please go to my Poshmark. It's Case Timer. I'm selling old clothes. <laughs> Please get them away and out of my house so that I don't have to. We will put a link them. to Steimer's Poshmark in the show notes. If you want to own you want a leggings. piece of Steimer's oh God. clothing. And here's the thing. You can go visit and, and buy no, some clothes. I'm not even going to say it. She doesn't have to take house. it to Germany. Get them out of my <laughs> house. I'm not going to say it. Just, I don't say care. It. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>